It's like watching your granddad learning how to ballroom dance. Here we are, episode three. Um, we don't have Alan this week, um, so instead this week we've got Dean. Welcome to the show, mate. Hello, thanks for having me. It's nice to uh, nice to finally get involved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only three weeks in. It's, I'm not sure finally really works there, but um, right. So the usual thing, um, when we have someone new on, I've got a couple of questions for you. Fly away. You're a Patriots fan. How, and more importantly, why did that happen? Well, football, obviously, being probably both of our first loves, uh, you kind of take to your local team. And I know a lot of people will probably, yeah, much like you're doing now, smile smugly. Uh, Patriots, closest uh, closest team. Uh, what, 22 years ago, I started following them, I guess now. And um, I lucked into a period of huge success. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, having to ride with them now, but it started well. <laughs> My second question is, um, how uncomfortable has it been seeing Tom Brady go to Tampa, you know, throwing 3,300 yards and 28 touchdowns? He's on course for like 4,500 yards and 30 odd touchdowns. Must be uh, annoying, no? Yes and no. Um, I mean, obviously, to get 20 years out of a megastar, I suppose, is probably the word. Um, You know, it's been great as a fan and you still follow and you still want him to be successful I suppose but yeah we I mean I'd, I'd have killed to have him for for one more year for sure <laughs> yeah I suppose being a being a Cots fan I would I would have really enjoyed to see him go and just stink I had a bet on at the beginning of the season saying there's no way they're making the playoffs and they're probably going to make the playoffs which I hate I really hate I really wanted to see him and the Pats struggle um so I've got half my wish I suppose um Anyway, that's that's more than enough about the Pats <laughs> for one afternoon. Right, so I'm just going to quickly go through the results from the league. So uh, there were quite a few close games this week, uh, with the Vikings winning by one point over the Panthers. And then the Browns and the Giants cleared Jacksonville and the Bengals respectively by just two points. There were three three-score games, with the Pats beating the Cardinals, the Niners winning with a last-second field goal over the Rams, and the Chiefs holding on to beat the Buccaneers by three. And then there were some not-quite-so-close games. We saw a 41 points to 25 win for the Texans over the Lions on Thanksgiving. And then later that evening, Washington put one over on Dallas. 41 points to 16. Um, It's crazy to think it was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. Absolutely insane. The Bills won really comfortably at home against the Chargers. 27 points to 17. Uh, My absolutely beaten-up Colts went down 45 points to 26. Dolphins almost shut out the Jets, 20 points to 3. And then the Falcons won 43 points to 6 over the Raiders, which is an insane score considering how good the Raiders have been this year. The Saints won 31 to 3 against the Broncos. uh, And the Packers won 41 points to 25 in their divisional game against the Bears. And then because of COVID (laughs) and absolutely no league bias whatsoever, the Steelers and the Ravens play this evening uh, with kickoff at 8.40 UK time. So we're going to go through a little, a uh, few of the talking points uh, from the, from the, from the weekend. Just talk about a few of the games and you know, 
whatever. So the first one I've got down is uh, the Texans, Will Fuller and uh, Bradley Robbie being both being suspended for six games for head violations. It's wild, no? What I mean, what can you say? Um, you know, it's is not something that I don't think will I don't think it will ever go away. It's always you know it's always been around. You seem to see one, two players come up with it. You know, whoops, was it beginning of this year? Julian Edelman of all of all players as well. So and it's always I suppose quite surprising players. They're never they're never the ones that look like they would be on them. I don't think Edelman's that surprising. He's like five foot nothing. He has to be on something to be competitive, doesn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, possibly. I mean, I suppose a, a wide receiver you can be a lot smaller and get away with it. But uh, but yeah, I don't know, that, it surprised me at least. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it, it's a weird thing to think about, like where they're going to go, because obviously Hopkins and Stills are both both out. We're full of suspended uh, wide receiver one. You've now got Brandon Cooks. Solid option to take the top of the game, but I wouldn't. I don't think he's a genuine number one. No, um, he's he's definitely a, a player that I'd like to have, but I wouldn't want him as our main out. Um, it's it's particularly bad for a franchise that were really starting to get a bit of momentum behind them, and they were really pushing on. They had some really good wins uh, over the Pats and then um, over the Lions. Not the hardest teams to play, but they were good wins. And these suspensions are really going to damage that. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, after sort of shipping some rather important pieces for picks, you know, moving on from a coaching team, it's it had actually started to come together as well. Um, and like you say, this this kind of takes a wheel up from that machine just as it was starting to roll. Yeah, um, I think the early season form ruins their chances of making the playoffs. It wasn't going to happen. This week they've moved to four and seven for the season. And after these two suspensions, I honestly I'd be surprised to see them win any more than one more game. Maybe finish uh, six and ten, but it's I think it's unlikely. That's how bad losing Fuller and Robbie is. It kind of curtains for their season, really. Don't you think? Uh, I mean, yes, for the season as a whole, but. I suppose the plus side is that those pieces, for the most part, will all still be in place for next year. And I mean, in you know, arguably one of the tougher divisions, it's a it's a, a good starting point if they can uh, if they can kind of you know get some momentum at the end of this season and, and roll through. Really, uh, yeah, uh, it would have been nice for them to have that a first round pick for Hopkins. But they didn't get that. Um, so uh, let's move on. Chiefs in Tampa. It was all about the first quarter for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, 203 yards in the first quarter. 269 for the entire day. Three touchdowns. Scored 57.9 in PPR leagues. Absolutely insane. I I started writing notes for this game and wrote down Tyreek Hill. <laughs> it was it was that sort of dominant a first quarter, and I, I don't believe I've seen many like it in, like I say, twenty plus years. Certainly for sure. And but yeah, it, it was very much a still definitely different phases of that game, and sort of the Tampa the Tampa defense started with a with one high safety and that was where 
Hill went mad because I can't I can't remember the corner's name off the top of my head, but he just got put in a blender for 15 minutes. And but when they when they switched to too high, so he had cover behind him, they just picked him apart still. And and there wasn't really much the Bucks could do about it. No, the, I mean the the Bucks don't have the greatest defense in the league. Um, kind of quietly efficient. Um, they don't often get they don't often get completely smoked. Nor do they really smoke opponents. Um, so to see them get so ruthlessly destroyed, it was honestly completely and utterly stunning to watch. Um, the third quarter kind of just meandered into nothing really. Uh, and then second half, Tampa got back into the game after being 17 nothing down at half time and only lost out by three points, which is amazing really um, to have to have done so well. Um, and they're now sitting at seven and five for the year. Um, are the wheels falling off for Tom and Tampa or are we, are they kind of sitting where you'd expect? I, do you know, I'm so glad you used that phrase as well because that is exactly what I wrote down. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I don't think so. Um, because, I mean, if you compare the weapons, it's very it's very similar in, I mean, in, in any other game, it's very similar. And I think the Chiefs' D was obviously better on the day. Um, but I think the Bucks can do that to people as well if they wanted to. And I mean, Gronk looked like Gronk of five years ago, albeit for one game. But if uh, if things like that continue with the other weapons, Evans, Godwin, Gronk looked like that for one half. Well, yeah, <laughs> they. Yeah, I think with uh, is it Ronald Jones and Fournette seem somewhat ineffectual. But there, there's so much potential there for them to steamroll teams. It's just getting ill to click. Yeah, I mean, you see, you, you mentioned um, you mentioned James. Guys are freak levels of you know ability. The guy's so quick, and the way he just like dodges through through the lines is is ridiculous. And they've you know they've got like you said they've got other weapons. I mean, Fournette's kind of not done anything, has he? Um, and we haven't seen the best of Brown yet. Um, obviously, it's a long time that he's been out, so it can't be that surprising that he's not done anything. But at the same time, you know, the dude's Antonio Brown uh, again, a complete freak. So I'd expect to see him having a couple of big games before the end of the season. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, I, I think he can and will only get better once he's had more time in the system. Um, I mean, obviously, he's worked with Brady before, and it was Brady who undoubtedly pushed to make that move happen. And they will click, and it will be fairly spectacular. It wouldn't surprise me to see to see them really go off. Um, I, I wouldn't like to see him to see it happen, but it will be stunning when it does happen. Uh, so the next uh, next game we're going to discuss is the Broncos playing against uh, the Saints. It's kind of a bad day all round for wide receivers there. Broncos playing with a wide receiver at quarterback because of COVID restrictions on their current lineup. And then obviously Tay Tay in uh, the Saints not really being a legitimate starting quarterback. I mean Hill only completed seven or fourteen passes, forty two yards, 
no passing touchdowns, one interception, and possibly the worst quarterback rating I've ever seen of 26.5. It's a difficult game to talk about. Uh, I watched the 40-minute full replay, and I can't tell you what happened. It was difficult to watch, uh, even on the night on Red Zone. Every time they cut to the game, it was an incompletion. Um, it just, I mean, like I say, the the guy who played at, at quarterback for Denver is not only a wide receiver, but a practice squad wide receiver. And I would imagine that a number of the ones in Denver probably didn't even know his name by the end of the game. And it was sort of that unknown and last minute. And so from what I've seen, essentially the quarterback crew had to leave this facility immediately on Saturday afternoon. No, I mean it'd be it it would be incredibly difficult for them to um to do any anything really, wouldn't it? Um, I mean I know they've gone they they they've gone and ended up picking up the their uh, offensive coordinator's son to their roster, um, Kyle Shermer. Um, I think the I think the the biggest take from from this is just the really inconsistent handling that the league's applied. I mean, the Titans have broken protocols repeatedly and there hasn't been any sanctions for them. There hasn't been... They've just moved games back, moved things around, put other teams out. Likewise, the Ravens... Uh, I mean, that seems to be everything I have heard and read is that it's started with the coaching and the lack of protocols is then literally wildfire through, through the facility. And that's, you know... While we're still sitting here and waiting for them to play again, it should have been played four days ago now. Well, not even. It's, I say it's even longer than that, isn't it? Six six days should have been Thursday. Um, but yeah, okay. So they've they've also cocked up, and then obviously like the Colts have had three or four. I think three players out this week um, because of COVID protocols. Um, not that you know. I mean they they managed to play their game because they are following protocols. These were these players picked it up elsewhere. Um, and then obviously San Francisco have had issues um, again I'm not sure about the protocol breaches in San Francisco but it's not been like a wildfire spread you know they've had a few players here and there dotted about so I don't what really bugs me is the teams that have really ballsed up are the ones that they've moved heaven and earth for to, and the teams that have, have struggled through kind of no fault of their own or almost maybe no fault of their own just been pushed aside and, and ignored I mean the co- Denver going and isolating their quarterbacks team and coaches immediately so they're following protocols pretty well there why aren't the league helping them but the Ravens and the Titans as well just being allowed to delay games postpone games move things around it is I'm not going to swear but it's complete and utter rubbish it, it is hard to see where the consistency is supposed to come from because I mean, there simply isn't any at the moment. And, um, you know, like you say, the handling of this Steelers-Ravens game is kind of, it's kind of difficult to, to watch, really, from sort of from here, when, like you say, you can understand a game getting pushed back a day to make sure that, you know, a clear run of testing comes through. Um, but with so many, like, positive tests in that, in that Ravens camp, I don't, I don't see how that game wasn't just fully postponed, you know, until a later date. They've already put provisions in place for, you know, extra teams in the playoffs should that be needed. But we shall see. 
Yeah, I mean, one of the worst things coming out today, I think coming out, coming out this morning, is that J.K. Dobbins and one other player were told on the plane to Pittsburgh that they tested positive. They're on the plane. Or maybe just before the just before they were due to get on the plane, but they've travelled separately. Why? The whole thing is a complete and utter shambles, and the, the, the league's is making as many mistakes as these teams that are breaking COVID protocols. It's appalling. It's hard to fathom. Um, I mean, I don't understand it. You look like you don't understand it. Um, So we're, you know, at this time, we're probably not supposed to. And maybe we'll get some, I say maybe, we probably won't get any clarification on whether things will become more consistent. But as you said, it certainly does seem to favour those with their, the preferable record yeah um let's move on from that uh, the most painful game of the year for me even more painful than losing to jacksonville um is uh the colts getting battered by tennessee in the first half Titans had six possessions in the first half and scored five touchdowns do you think with all the colts injuries and the covid thing derailing that defensive freight train it was always going to be a back to the wall job for the Colts um, doesn't help that Henry and Tannehill had really had excellent games they went big and they went often um, and the Colts without Buckner, Autry and Okariki just had no answer on, on defence so it doesn't help that uh, Rocky Sin had a horrible horrible day um, gave up huge huge amount of penalty yards um, on one on two drives uh, one with a pass interference, um, and then one, which I don't remember what the call was for, um, probably holding. Um, both ended up in touchdowns where, on the plays that it, they occurred, we'd have stopped both of them to fourth down and, uh, well, one punt and one field goal attempt. Uh, so instead of three points, we gave up 70, uh, sorry, 14 which is just not good enough. He's had a good year. He made an incredible interception last week, but he had a really, really dreadful day, and it's not the first time he's been accountable for a lot of penalty yards for really dumb decision-making and, and coverage. Um, positive for the game, though? Two, I hope one got a touchdown. Okay, we went for two. Didn't go in, to, in for the conversion, and then we had an onside kick which was returned for a touchdown. But T.Y. Hilton got a, got a, got a touchdown. Uh, and it was for his first touchdown of the year. And it was right. It was a bang on the right time because we've got the Texans next. And, you know, T.Y. Hilton owns the Texans. It's, it's good to see him back and back in the box score. It's, I mean, I can't think of it. It was probably about this time last year, wasn't it? His last. It seems like it was... A long time ago. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he went out. He started going out week nine or ten last year um, with injuries and sort of played half games here and there and wasn't scoring beyond week nine or ten. So yeah, it's been over a year since his last touchdown and his last big game, and it couldn't have come at a better time. Yeah, I mean, on the other side of that, the Forest Buckner massive miss for you. Yeah, um, yeah. The real problem with losing Buckner is that we had Danny Pinter starting um, his first ever game at centre. Not just his first professional game at centre, 
his first game full stop at centre before in college he was a tight end and then transitioned to right tackle. He's never played a game at centre and he started on Sunday at centre and he he didn't he did the worst thing about well the best thing about it is he didn't have a terrible game. Um he just wasn't up to the up to the task of stopping Derek Henry. But you know how, how many players are? Not many. Uh if any at all it certainly seems the way he's going and um, i mean it just it was a it was a bullying it was a playground bullying um all day really and when they've got you know a running back the size of a defensive end and an old wide receiver who's not much smaller you are going to be in for a rough physical day yeah i feel like i feel like um it was a complete flip from two weeks ago um in performances, you know, the Colts were, incre- were incredibly efficient and punishing, particularly in the second half in 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 Nashville. Um, and the Titans did incredibly well to turn that around on the Colts. I think with the way with the way the Tennessee Titans played, I think even if the Colts had been at full strength, they may not have won that game. But looking forward for the Colts. Um, got a pretty easy schedule for the rest of the season. Got to play Texans twice, Jacksonville, uh, the Raiders, and the Steelers. So, I mean, out of that, I think two losses at most are probably. Um, but I'd, I'd say one loss is the goal there. I think they're certainly good enough to beat the Texans, good enough to beat the Raiders, good enough to, good enough to beat Jacksonville. And if we can have our defence at full strength, I'd fancy us to go and give the Steelers an actual real good game. I think so. I think I mean you're you're looking good to to top the division. Um, I'd like. To. Sorry, no, no, no. We're not going to top the division now. No. Um, the Titans have an equally favourable schedule. Head to head, head on their head to head records. Um, obviously, with the points they've put up against us, they're going to top that. And there's a good chance that they're going to their um, divisional record will be better than ours as well. Proof them wrong. <laughs> is is it difficult still watching Phil Rivers? Yeah. The problem is, is that he had a really, really good game in Nashville, and a really good game in um, against at home against Green Bay. At two really good games, and but he was dreadful, dreadful on Sunday. And you just don't know where you're going to get his his pass. Just his motion it's so disgusting to watch it's so uncomfortable I just don't know where the ball's going I don't know if it's hitting the I don't know if it's going to hit Quentin Nelson in the head or whether he's going in the end zone from 60 yards I just have no idea it's so unreadable so who knows how our weapons are going to get get free and get on the end of the ball because they're like could be coming to me it could be going to the other sideline who knows yeah, I, I mean, even even as a you know a neutral, if you will, I every time he drops back, it's it's hard. It's like it's like watching your granddad learning how to ballroom dance. There's the footwork is is just seems like it's terrible. I'm not I'm not obviously a quarterback myself, but it just looks uncomfortable. Ah, oh, brilliant. Uh... That's our soundbite for the beginning of the episode, I think. It's like watching your, gra- it's like watching your granddad learn how to ballroom dance. Uh, brilliant. Um, 
I don't know what to add. To, I don't know what to add to Phil Rivers. Um, I don't want him here next year, or I don't want him starting. I just want him in the room to help coach and bring Eason on because I expect Eason's going to be the man next year. I'd love to see once once we've confirmed playoffs, which I, we should do comfortably because we're even though we're second in the AFC South, we're still we'd still be ranked about I think sixth. Um, so we should make we should make the make the playoffs comfortably. Um, one or two games left. I want Eason in. I want to see him. He's injured at the moment, but I want to see him in. And I'll be really upset if we don't see him at all. There's, we've had plenty of garbage time this year. There's no reason he shouldn't gone. He can't can't have been in already. Uh, anyway, next up we have. Uh, we'll talk about Washington football team. Smoking the Cowboys. Give going to Texas and doing some barbecuing. Um, Antonio Gibson. Absolute savagery. Uh, 115 yards for three touchdowns off of 20 rush attempts. Um, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone that just buried the Cowboys. It's a weird. It's a weird thing to say. A team winning 41 points to 15. It's really difficult to say that that wasn't an absolute mauling. But actually, up until the fourth quarter, there's only there's only scoring one score in it. But it was all about it was all about Washington just going and suddenly being savage. I mean, when they went at, like I said, when they went at half time, I think it was seventeen points to fourteen uh, or thirteen. Um, Washington were just on top. Um, Dalton had a 54 yard absolute peach to put Cooper into the end zone. Um, but then Zeke followed up on the next. I think the next drive uh, with a very strange a very very preventable fumble I think um, which fortunately Dallas managed to, to, to hold to a field goal um, but then Dallas, and then Dallas went and took a pick later on in that quarter that was returned to the four yard line but they themselves only managed to get a field goal I mean that's that that should be punishable. I feel someone needs to pay for that. You can't have a pick return to the four yard line and come away with three points. That's absolute. That that's a sackable offence, right? It's it's criminal. Um, and in, you know teams speak about finishing drives all the time. And um, and especially if you have only got four yards to cover on that entire <laughs> drive. Yeah, there should be there should be some sort of sanctions. Oh, yeah, it was just bizarre. Um, it, it all went wrong. It all went wrong with McCarthy and the uh, strange decision to do a fake punt on the twenty-three yard line on fourth and ten. I just that's the sort that's the sort of thing I do on Madden when I've had several beers. I, actually, who am I kidding? I don't like I don't like punning. <laughs> I always go for it on fourth down on Madden, but it's a video game. What is Mike McCarthy thinking? If you look, if you listen to him trying to explain it in the press conference, you just what are you talking about, McCarthy? It is nonsense. I am an English soccer fan, and I know that what you're going on about and what you're trying to explain is utter rubbish. I'm really trying really hard not to swear. I don't like Dallas, and I was annoyed at him. 
I wanted to see him lose and it annoyed me. I don't I wonder if that's why Alan's I wonder if that's why Alan's <laughs> not here this week. <laughs> so he doesn't have to try and explain this. I mean on the I think on the Discord he we could see his um his frustration <laughs> bubbling over as it was happening. Um I don't I don't know, you're a head coach of a franchise and you call that rubbish. It is stupidity it is at its absolute best. Uh, <laughs> um Right, what have you got? What what have you got to bring to the table, Dean? Have you got any any other notes on various games and ins and outs of the uh, from the week that you'd like to discuss? Well, apart from obviously being a Patriots fan, um, I yeah found that game difficult to watch uh, myself. Um, I mean, I'd, I know it's come up a couple of times, but I'm starting to not understand the Cam Newton decision. In uh, in New England, and um, outside of that, uh, I think one game that kind of took me, and this will probably be a huge surprise, was the Giants and the Bengals, and um, in what seemed, you know, in a matchup as a very nothing game, I think there was quite a few sort of key points that came up from it, and um, I feel like watching. Danny Dimes in there starting to look like a bit of a player. Um, I think it's very, it's very consistent. It's very, it's very simple for him there at the moment. Um, and I think, I mean, obviously I know he's now injured. I'm not sure how long he'll be out for, but, uh, but I think they could be the ones to grab hold of that, that division finally. Because I mean, everything around them is hot, steaming garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll go back to the Patriots in a minute. Um, but the giant, the Giants, and the Bengals. I mean, the the, the Bengals aren't going to win another game this year. They've, they've no Mixon, no Burrow. They're not getting the ball to Bob Boyd, who is probably their best playmaker now. Higgins. Who, um, it's just not going. It's 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 their season's their season's done, um, and the Giants are sort of coming alive a little bit. And it's all about Jones. It's all about what do you call him, Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes. Uh, yeah, um, that's a much worse nickname than Tay Tay for Taysom Hill, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's um, yeah. No, I, I actually couldn't. I, there's probably not much for me to add to what you said about him. It's a really simple offense, but it's actually it's working because of its simplicity. They're just doing they're playing to his strengths. You know, he's at the beginning of the season he looked a bit panicky under center. He was he, the pocket was collapsing on him hard and fast. They've shored it up a little bit. He's not getting he's not getting rushed as much. You know, or at least he's been given a little bit more time. And he just seems to be picking picking passes off nicely. Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it. There's a, a degree of composure that's come in, and and he's starting to link up with certainly Evan Ingram more and more. And you know, I think he's I, can't, I, don't, I don't know the stat line, but he certainly uh, certainly had a good game before before Jones went out. And um, and there, I mean, the combination of their backs as well. 
helps to support what they're doing. Um, you know, Gorman has come in and, and done really well for you know for someone who's trying to replace Saquon. Someone who's trying to replace Freeman, who was replacing Saquon. Freeman was doing okay, um, but obviously injuries has derailed his season, like it has Saquon's. I've got two two real perler questions for you. Are the Giants better without Saquon? Yes. Yeah, I'd actually agree with you there. I think they just when he's in because he's such a stud, they lean too heavily on him, and it doesn't enable their the rest of their team to really really go. Um, that's that's exactly it. I mean, like I say, with Gorman there and and Dion Lewis as well to to complement in in that run game, but you know, as a, as a, I have a bit of a soft spot for him as a former Patriot, but he's like an incredible pass catcher in the backfield as well, which just adds adds to that simplicity in the playbook. And when you've got you know a player like that for a check down, well, most plays he's in. Yeah, no, um, I'd rather have I'd rather have a backfield that's going to bring up 125 yards over seven or eight plays than a player who might go and do 110 yards on his own, but that's over an entire game. Um, I wonder whether Saquon's time in New York, much like Odell's, is probably about at his end. That is a possibility. Um, I mean, how he looks when he returns from injury, I, I guess, would, would sort of seal that one way or another. Um, but away from, I mean, away from their offenses as sort of consistent as they are being at the moment, and um, I think their their defense has stepped up as well, uh, which has certainly helped complement that. Because I mean, if you haven't got to chase twenty eight points every game, you stand more chance of winning it. Yeah, exactly. That they're becoming a good team. Um, the other question I've got: um, Danny Dimes or Baker Mayfield? Because I. They're they're very they're I think they're very different quarterbacks at a kind of similar spot in their careers like in their, in certainly in the franchises the Browns have had a better season but actually at the moment they're playing worse and probably considerably worse than the Giants are at the moment and both re both really need to push on to really seal the season season off with a bit of a bang don't they Yeah um I mean that would be a tough one um. I think I would lean towards Daniel Jones because I think I think you know what you're getting. Like Baker is capable of a higher level now, but you don't see it. I think Sunday's game is a prime example. He made Mayfield made some good throws, but I mean there was one throw in the second quarter where he missed a guy wide open in the end zone, and you just think, yeah, there's Baker. There aren't there aren't yeah there aren't many other quarterbacks who would make that mistake that misjudgment and I think he's more capable of doing that to you than Jones would be right now I think with Baker Mayfield today uh, as much as I kind of hate to go off of the back of something Colin Cowherd says because um, obviously Colin Cowherd's not a Baker guy is he there's just something about him in his attitude and the way he plays the game and that I just think yeah maybe it's not maybe you're not the one boy so just something about him that kind of puts me off, and it's about I think it's something that probably is, looks to me like it's going to prevent him making that kind of step up and being, being the franchise quarterback and being a star. He's he's a to a lesser extent he's a bit of a Mansell again, isn't he? He's a bit of an enigma, a bit of an ego, just not much of a twat. <laughs>
yeah, it's hard for him, I guess, like you say, because he can be quite a polarizing figure. And I mean, he's what he's probably the longest serving Browns quarterback for the last 10 years. And so, I mean, you would think by now he has that belief that the franchise believes in him, but he's still got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a good, it's a good assessment. There's still something about him. I think I think probably because of I, Colin Coward's not the only one who says it about him. Um, there's questions over him because there's, there are still questions about whether the franchise really trusts him. You know, they've for a lot for a long period of this season they've take, been taking the balls out ball out of his hands. You know, because because he makes plays like that wildly inaccurate end zone toss. It's easy for us to say on the outside, isn't it? But you've just got to sort of ignore it and go, do you know what? I know I'm this player. I'm going to show you. I'll... But yeah, um, so, <laughs> so going back to the Patriots uh, really quickly, there were kind of, there were three big things for me in that game. Kyler Murray looks really off. And it's second or third game in a row now where he's not looked himself. Um, obviously, he's had problems with his shoulder, which, I mean, it's going to gonna derail any quarterback. Um, but... Bill Belichick kind of handled handled their offense well. As much as I, I don't want to give him praise, he was they they managed far better than I had expected. And you've got to give him praise. You've got to give him credit where credit's due. They managed Kyler Murray incredibly well. Yeah, I think a, a lot of the problems over the last couple of weeks with cards come from their O line. Uh, I thought the Seahawks game the other week was, you know, it was sort of my one big takeaway from that is that all of a sudden he did not have time. For, for anything and uh, I think that's continued over the last couple of weeks and they've managed to to get by yeah and it certainly wasn't the Seattle the Seattle defense stepping things up it, because you know I, I said on I said on our first episode and I'll say it again they're almost historically bad that defense um they're very lucky that they have an offense that can more or less outscore anyone they play against on their day they will um but um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 not looking good for Murray. I think I think it will. They will probably do enough. But yeah, if I mean if that continues to slide, then they could certainly have big problems. So any anything they can do to shore that shore that front five needs to be done immediately. Really. Yeah, I think that. I mean, they've they've got a good enough record that they're probably going to make the playoffs. Not like limp into the playoffs, but they'll make the playoffs. They won't go any further than maybe the maybe the wild card round if they continue going the way they're going. Cam Newton looked to be kind of early mid season Cam rather than the last three weeks Cam. Cam's sort of been the driving force in the last few weeks behind the the offense. Um, had one turnover in four weeks. Sure, they lost two. They won two and lost two, but. They'd have been on the end of four absolute poundings if it wasn't for Cam really forcing it home. But he was rubbish, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't sort of go on to to even try and defend him. As as I said earlier, I, I'm I'm starting to to not understand the decision. And yeah, you know, I, I suppose thinking about it, obviously there weren't many others out there available, and certainly that would have come in for what little money he's, he's taking as well. Um, but the two the two that he gave away this week, wholly avoidable. Yeah, yeah, but his um both of the both of those turnovers were just weird. 
just I, look, I watched them a couple of times over because I was like what happened what are you doing and it's just lazy right it, feel, it feels like that I think what people said before before he left Carolina was that he seemed to have stopped enjoying the game that and I mean certainly through sort of the first five or six weeks with, with the Patriots there was that that Cam Newton grin that you you know you could see from a mile away he, he looked like he felt like he was enjoying it if if that makes sense and and it, yeah I don't know if that's slipping because we're not any good uh, <laughs> but it's yeah I mean special teams for us has been has been huge really and you know I, I think that's that's quite telling given that the the O-line we've got there is still pretty much the same O-line that dominated for sort of three three four years on the spin and you know a few sort of rotational changes but it's it's pretty much the same but it's looks pretty uh, perforated at the moment. Is that what is that why you're struggling though? Because it's the same O line and because there's not really any fresh blood in that O line and there's no fresh presence to keep things ticking over and to keep things fresh. People know how you're gonna play because it's the same same four or five guys in there every time. Yeah, quite possibly sort of getting a bit stale maybe and um, you know, but they I guess I guess everything can get a bit like that. And uh hope Hopefully something will happen and they will figure it out. I suppose like most other teams, at some point it's got to click. And yeah, and if it, I mean, if it doesn't do it this year, and for us to somehow backdoor into the playoffs, and then I'll I'll set off for next year. I think, I think the defense stepped up and had one of their best games of the year. Um, Adam Butler and Stephen Gilmore were insane. Um, by far, by far their best. Um, players Gil, Gilmore just took Hopkins out of the game Hopkins ended up with 55 yards doesn't happen often um, and, then, uh, and then what Gilmore wasn't doing Butler was doing I don't think it's just, I don't think it's his, uh, it's too much of an exaggeration to say it's probably his best game as a pro Butler was insane there yes and it's you know timely that somebody stepped up uh, I suppose in a game that Kind of is a bit of a turning point or a pivotal moment in our season. You know, if we can get on a run now, then like I say, there is a chance of sort of backdooring into the playoffs. And you know, the other way it could have gone losing that game, we could get on a massive slide. But uh, but yeah, Gilmore and Gilmore and Hopkins is is always going to be fun to watch. Uh, just the two the two of them to you know arguably the best in their positions. Just go going at it for an hour. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, if I can get, if we can get more games like that out of Gilmore, we'll, uh, we'll do, we'll do all right. I don't want to because because you're on. I don't really want to sort of dance on the Patriots pre dug grave too much yet, but it's enjoyable not not watching them beat everyone down. <laughs> uh, right, we're gonna we're gonna move on then. Um, so. Alan um, being not being here, we haven't got a hot take from Alan this week. Uh, instead, we have Alan's big question. The question is, with five games left, which surprise team can you see making the playoffs? And there's a caveat. The team either needs to be in the hunt or an outside contender. 
well, I mean, for me, I think it is the Browns. Um, and I think they've got, they have got what it takes to get in. Get in. I think they win comfortably. You know, when this game eventually goes ahead, I think the Steelers probably give the Ravens another L. Yeah. And uh, I think I think that leaves them, what does that leave them? Seven and well, six and five, that leave the Ravens then, I think. And the Browns, so the Browns just went nine and three, so, or eight and three. So they're, they're looking pretty, yeah. I think they're looking good. I think they, I think they will be, the second, uh, the second team out of that division. In again, what is a division with two big punches that uh, that would be possibly unexpected? But uh, but yeah, I, I would plug for the Browns. Yeah, it's not it's not a terrible shot at the Browns. Um, I said last week that uh, if the Browns can kick on, they can beat the Ravens in. And I mean, the Browns are fifth seed at the moment, so it's a good. So it's a, it, it's not a terrible shout at all. For me, uh, I'd say either possibly the Raiders. I mean, at the moment they're just outside the playoff picture. They'd be they're kind of ninth in the AFC. Surprise for me right now is the Miami Dolphins sitting at sixth in the AFC. At the moment they are hitting the playoffs. Um, but I think the real surprise going to be the Bears. People are going to laugh about it, right? They're five and six, but they've got the same record as the Vikings. So they're only below the they're only below the Vikings because of the head-to-heads. It's not impossible for the Bears with that dreadful offense to make it in. I, I think the I mean the Giants the Giants are going to win the NFC East and qualify fourth, which is just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, no, I just think I just fancy the Bears or the Vikings to. To maybe get in, I think the Bears are probably too long a shot uh, for me. I think, I mean, those five wins they've got all came in the first six weeks of the season, and they have been terrible since. Um, Vikings, yeah, I mean, it kind of only leaves the Vikings in that division, really. Um, I don't think anybody's catching the Packers because, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, um, <laughs> Devontae Adams, it's like, they're too. They're just too good. But uh, but yeah, I would I would squeeze the Vikings in over over the Bears for sure. I just think the Bears' offense just isn't anything at all, and I think they're going to start to fall away in that uh, in that division really. Yeah, I mean the I, I only say the Bears because that's kind of what the question was. The Vikings wouldn't be that much of a surprise. The Vikings absolutely could overtake the Cardinals um, if the Cards don't sort of sort themselves out a little bit. Um, I mean, uh, otherwise, I don't think there's anyone else on the periphery really looking likely from either. I mean, both the Pats and the 49ers are sitting at five and six, and I think they're too far too far off of it. Um, and then obviously beyond that, you've got the Broncos and the Lions at four and seven in each of the conferences. So it's just not going to happen for those teams. Would I be surprised if the Dolphins make it? Yeah, I probably would. Um... But they're sitting pretty at the moment, seven and four. So that was a right, a right good question that from Alan. Um, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna move on to the pick six, which our little predictions competition. Um, obviously, with Alan not being here, throws a bit of a spanner in the works. So what I'm gonna do, Dean, is I'm gonna show you Alan's predictions, and I'm gonna ask you to rationalise Alan's picks for him. 
first, let's just go through last week's picks. So, my picks, um, the Texans over the Lions. I didn't get the margin right because I thought it would be a lot closer. So, that's one point. I picked as my long shot. I picked Washington football team over Dallas. So, I got the team right and the long shot. So, I get two points for that one. I picked the Colts by seven. So, no points there. Um, I've got the Steelers to win by nine tonight. Um, which, we don't know the points yet. Then I chose the Bills to win by 14 over the Chargers. But they won by 10. So, I only get the one point. And then I had the Chiefs by 10. And it was three. So, I get the one point. So, at the moment, I'm sitting on five points. Allen had the Texans by six. So, again, one point. He had the Cowboys by six. Huh. So, he got no points. Then his long shot was the Titans winning over the Colts by two, I think. Actually, I don't know how many points. I don't know the margin there. But he's got two points for that because he got the team in the long shot right. Um, he's got the Steelers by six tonight. And then he's got the Bills by seven and the Bucks by three. So Alan's actually got six points at the moment. So he's one point ahead. So I really need that extra point to tie things up. Tying the prediction competition up on that one all. Um, right, so next week, let's just have a little run through of our predictions for next week. I have the Falcons beating the Saints by six points. Um, even with the weapons that they have, I would expect the Falcons to come away with a win for one reason. Tay-Tay. I don't think he's got it, in it, got it in him to beat the Falcons this week. It's, uh, Alan's taking the, the Saints by seven. Um, and I think it's the defence that that wins it, really. I mean, the Falcons are terrible. Sunday was a blip, a, a massive blip. Um, and I just think they don't. They don't do that, and uh, and the Saints see them off. Alan actually said, "Tay-Tay slings well enough to beat an often sloppy Falcon side who love to lose." Anyway, next up, I'm going to go with the Colts to beat the Texans by twelve. Uh, I think even with the Colts' struggles last week, uh, we should get we should get some of those pieces back. Um, but either way, I think with the issues that the Texans have had this week. It only, the result only goes one way. T.Y. Hilton owns the Houston Texans. We're going big and we're going strong with a 12-point margin for the Colts over the Texans. Yeah, same. I mean, same here. Colts, uh, Colts by seven. And like I say, it's it's just that recovery. Now I think you've got to have a bounce-back game and the Texans are a good fodder for that right now. Um, so yeah, Colts, uh, Colts by seven. Alan said that uh, the Colts are a much superior team, but Watson will keep it close. Next up, we have... I'm going to go with the Packers against the Eagles. Shock horror. Um, I'm going to go for a 14-point margin because the Packers are going to eviscerate the Eagles. Carson Wentz will do Carson Wentz things, and Aaron will show him who's boss. Uh, well, yeah, same. I mean, same again. Packers by 10. Uh, Alan's gone for here. And, I mean, for me... Those games that you think should be an absolute walkover never seem to be. They'll win, they'll definitely win, uh, but not by quite as much. We've gone, uh, gone 10, 10 points to the Packers. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, Alan said, the Eagles suck. Wentz looks bad. The Eagles' defence were okay against the Seahawks, but the Packers have the mojo. 
Right, anyway, um, I'm going to drop my long shot here, and I'm going to go with the Browns to beat the Titans. Um, by three points, it's going to be bloody close. Can the Browns do it? Probably not. But I need them to so the Colts can win the AFC South, so there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't see that. Um, Titans by six, uh, at, let's be honest, at least. Um they're a steamroller uh, standing their way at your peril, really. It's not too much uh, too different to what Alan said. Um, he added that the Browns are having a great year for the Browns. But the Titans are grinding out wins. And for a team that just beat the Ravens and then thrashed the Colts, the Browns just don't do it. Which is hard to say, which is hard to disagree with. And I think I'm going to lose that one. But I need the Titans to lose. So I'm sticking it in. I'm going to go with the Chargers to beat the Patriots by six. I don't want New England to win. And I fancy the Chargers just to just to sort of have this beyond the Patriots reach, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, I would agree. I, I would, if anything, I would go the opposite and say that actually they've probably got enough on defence uh, to keep the Patriots at bay. And um, a lot closer, but uh, the Chargers by three. Yeah, OK. Um, this is actually one that Alan's dropping his long shot on. So Alan says that the Chargers are a better team than their record is and the Pats are actually a worse team than their record is. But they did beat a fairly decent Cardinals team last week. Uh, but even so, he rates the Chargers' offence more than that of the Patriots and they can squeak out a win. So pretty fair. Um, and I'm going to go with the Dolphins to beat the Bengals by six for the final game. Again, the, Beng- the Bengals are less of a pushover than the Jets, but only because there isn't anybody that's more of a pushover than the Jets, you know. Um... If presumably Fitz starts, he'll be back to form and it shouldn't be a problem matchup for them. It could be a lot more than six points, but I just fancy maybe having a bit of two a time to keep it closer. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, like you say, Dolphins are, are superior and, yeah, no burrow, no problem for the Dolphins, really. It's I think their defence is better. They had 17 straight games with a takeaway as well. As uh, probably a little further out, I think Finns by ten. Alan's gone for, and I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything but agree, really. Yeah, I, again, he kind of echoes what we've said throughout. Um, the Bengals are a team in disarray. No Burrow, no Nixon, no Mixon. Um, they've got a pants O line. Alan gives up, and he says that so should the Bengals against this quietly good Dolphins defense. <laughs> So yeah, so that's it for that's it for today's episode. Uh, thank you again, Dean, for joining me this week. Um, definitely have you back on and back on at the same time as Alan, just to spice things up a little bit. Look forward to it. <laughs> you, you don't sound too enthusiastic about that, Dean. <laughs> Sorry, I'll try it again. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Alan. Will be delighted. Um, but yeah, thank you, Dean. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.